0: And welcome in to, uh, wait for it, wait for it, oh look at that, Judd's Hockey Show, with Wow, dude. co-host Declan Goff, hello, hello. Cracking a beverage there, huh? Yep, yep, because I need one after what was a furious back and forth game, in fact that's why I'm drinking a surly furious right now with Declan Goff, because that was a fun hockey game, and that was a weird hockey game. And if you're a Wild fan, uh, I guess you're a little disappointed. They lose, what, 6-4 to four tonight, includes an empty net goal. Your guy, Fiala, My damn God. near ties it up. He he hits his – I think LaPanta said he's now hit seven posts or crossbars this year, second most in the league. LaPanta didn't say who leads the league. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> Wild loses back-to-back games. Um, played the Kings last night. They lost 2-1 to one in, you know, Dex. Wasn't – I mean – the Kings the Kings are much improved, but they they're are. not really a super fun team to watch compared yeah. to the Golden Knights. Tonight's game, um, my, my first takeaway is this. That was a fun hockey game. I oh, mean, yeah. it was incredible Left. speed. It was incredible speed mm-hmm. and physical. Mm-hmm. As a hockey fan, mm-hmm. what more could you possibly want? You know, if you're given the options of, I'm going to watch this game, uh, perfect combination, but... Uh, Unfortunately, the Wild falls in this one. Uh, one key stat, just to start with, one of six on the power play. The Golden Knights got uh, four power plays. They were at 50%, though, two oh four. So that's probably a starting point of uh, the fact that the Wild couldn't convert more on power plays, including a two-man advantage in yeah. which it was... um it, it they had, it was about a minute I got 10, it. I it think. It was a minute 18, and, yeah. in, and during the course of that two-man advantage
1: one shot on goal yeah i i don't understand like five on three not converting five on three opportunities to me is just always puzzling it just blows my damn mind because it because i i just don't understand how you don't convert it. it it's it's runners you know it's runners in scoring position with with no outs it's you're at the goal line and first in goal like how do you not fight, figure out a way to score a damn goal there um and yeah, when you don't convert power play opportunities against a damn good team like Vegas, it, it makes they're gonna make you're gonna, you're gonna pay for it. Um, you know, Tam Talbot, you know, they didn't lose this game because Cam Talbot was off tonight or anything. Vegas is a deep, deep, fun, fun team. So I'm not too surprised that um, it was a shootout like this and it was a back and forth affair. But if if you're the Wild and you're in the postseason, you gotta convert more than one for six in the power play. I mean that 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 is the story of the game. The refs were brutal tonight. I agree with with Troy here on our YouTube page. The ref, refs were brutal. The refs were brutal in the Kings game. They missed an obvious call right at center ice that I don't know how they how they missed either. But you know at the end of the day, if you just if you score in the power play and you don't hit posts, well you're probably gonna win the game. So we're not talking about the refs. But yeah, it was an unfortunate sequence that they went one for six and especially with that five on three not being able to convert.
0: The refs actually weren't brutal towards the wild tonight. They just weren't good, period. So, like, there's a difference between they cost my team the game and they just sort of sucked. Tonight, they sort of sucked. When you don't know what a hip check is, which is what Alex Goligoski threw. He threw a old-school Kurt Giles. um, There were masters in the 60s, 70s, and into the 80s at the art of the hip check which is not a penalty. It's a really good hit. The referee had no idea what that was and called it a trip. Uh, They they got what Spurgeon for a trip when Spurgeon went down and basically um, the Golden Knights player tripped on Spurgeon, but Spurgeon didn't trip him, but then they gave the wild six power plays. So it goes both ways. This was an interesting game. So I'm looking at a few stats. I find intriguing here. Uh, One is. Yeah we talked about this, hit the crossbar towards the end of the game with uh, Cam Talbot pulled. Kevin Fiala tonight, and I would have to check this. This has to be the first time in a long time, I I would guess. Registered no shots on goal, Declan. So he, he had the attempted shot that mm-hmm. hit the crossbar, which, of course, doesn't count as a shot on goal. Uh, Fiala had no shots on goal. I would also say this, just from the eye test. I think the Wild's best line tonight, the fourth line, I thought the fourth line was, was magnificent. Great. Bukestad has yeah. Bukestead has these weird games where he's just phenomenal, and like yeah. tonight, he was. I I think the Wild's best line, and it started was Sturm. Duhame's back on that line after being on the third line for a few mm-hmm. games, and Bukestad.
1: I like that line a lot. I mean, yeah, they scored nine seconds into that second period, and you know Nick Bukestead was a healthy scratch for a few games this season. And as even Jackson says here, how has even Pitlick scratched over Victor Rask? That's obviously a conversation in its own red as well. You know, Victor Rask defensively isn't as bad as I think people make him out to be. He's fine defensively. He is. He can't skate worth a lick, and he has absolutely no uh, finishing ability offensively, but he's a fine back end bottom six center now he's getting paid a pretty penny and his contracts in albatross finally comes off your books after this season uh but for nick bukesteb you see a guy who still has flashes of 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 who he was when he first entered the league which was a which was a 20 goal scorer and a prolific player at the u of m but his clearly if he's going to make a living in the nhl for the rest of his life it's going to be in in a bottom six fourth line mostly role and he has size and speed that the wild really lack the wild aren't a big team um, but he does have these games to your point where you kind of see, oh, that was the Nick Bugstead that was at the U of M, that was the Nick Bjugstad who was a first round pick, and there's a little bit more skill to his game. Um, but I, I thought that line also was was their probably their best line tonight. You know, the Kupresov and Zuccarello, and we saw it a lot in the power play. You know, they were getting cute. It was tic tac. It was tic tac. They were waiting. They were waiting. They just couldn't pull off pull pull off a, pull off a goal. Um. But in general, I thought the fourth line too was was, was their best line tonight. Um and they miss Brodeen. I mean, let's be honest too. They oh, they miss yeah. Jonas Brodeen. He, he and Huge I'm man. seeing a ton of comments on our YouTube page right now that say, Yeah, he's the Wilds MVP and you're starting to see it. Um he really is. He, they they John Merrill and Dmitry Kulikov have been honestly above and beyond expectations. They've been great this season. But I think you saw over these last two games how much this team does miss Jonas Brodeen.
0: Brodeen's a really interesting player in this sense he is unless you watch him very intently which which most of us don't he's not a flashy player right. i i would say if you watch him intently he does make flashy plays that we don't appreciate but he blends into the game but the reality is and he i, I believe it's it, it's lower body correct i believe it's lower yeah. body i'm i'm not p- positive but and it came as a surprise that he missed the kings game on saturday and then it sounds like the MRI that they did on the road trip went pretty well, but they didn't feel that he was set to play tonight. Uh, when you remove Brodeen from the game, what happens is you understand how much he absolutely positively stabilizes the entire blue line. Yep. Uh, Spurgeon is close. Like Spurgeon does some really good things, but I think as far as stabilizing really basically star type of, of, players on this team Brodeen's probably at the top of that list because he brings so many things you don't appreciate until they're gone uh he skates I mean his skating Declan is out of this world yeah he is so smooth and he actually made a play so the last game that he played in I think it was the Sharks game um he made a play for like the second or third time this season where an opposing player comes around the goal for a wraparound attempt, and Brodeen literally cuts the player off, not not by not with a big hit, but with his own stick, and he stops the puck and the momentum entirely. Like that play is a is it's like, oh, that's a nice play. I don't think we understand how hard and how how much strength a player has to have to make that play look as effortless as Brodine yep. does and those are the type of things that he brings and when he's playing I think we take it for granted and when he's out you're like oh I get it now and that's and and that's what makes him so special and so good and I agree completely when he does not play especially against a skilled team like this because he skates so damn well mm-hmm. And 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 I mean he He's incredible. His his speed. He can skate backwards. Oh, you know, as fast or faster than some guys can skate forwards. It is a huge, huge miss. And and in fact, he got hurt. I believe he got hurt early in Game Seven against the Golden Knights in That's the right. playoffs. And the Wild suffered there too. Yep. Yeah. So anytime he comes out, the Wild it is without a guy who we probably don't appreciate enough. But I think internally with the team. They know exactly how damn good Brody is.
1: Yeah, we we talked about it on our last pod uh, earlier this week. That you know he doesn't do anything necessarily from just um, from a from a from a untrained eye that says like what is what's really so special about him? Because He doesn't put up a ton of points. He does score a little, but he doesn't score a ton. Um, and I think what you and I said was if if you're just a casual sports fan and you want to just really understand how special he is, just watch him skate. Just watch him on a shift. Watch him how he moves. Watch where he's going. Watch how he anticipates. That's what he does. That's what he does that you can't really quantify in a box score. Um, And, you know, there was another comment on our YouTube page that said, you know, Jordy Ben uh, looked, looked brutal tonight. And, um, and I thought Ben did have a pretty rough game as well. And he's been in the press box for the majority of this season. He's been a healthy scratch. Another, you know, reason he's been drawing in is not just necessarily because of the injury to Brodeen, because he's got size and he's a veteran and he can come in and, and, and stabilize things. But then once you play him over an extended period of time and you're on the heels of a back to back, um, on a road back-to-back, that is too. You know, then you start to see some flaws there. And, and Vegas is deep and good, man. I mean, Zach Whitecloud's a pest, but he's also scoring some goals tonight. I mean, two goals tonight. Uh, I know, almost and almost had a hat trick for God's sake. Some. Yeah, nice. They say by camera and patch are ready. I mean, my if he if he could stay healthy for eighty two games. I mean, you're legitimately talking about a, a, a one of the most underappreciated players in the NHL. The guy is so damn good, um, and they have Stone and obviously Robin Leonard's been phenomenal for him. You know, the, Vegas is heating up. I believe this is their eighth win in their last ten games. Um, they kind of start off the start off the gate a little slow, but they're a team again that very well the Wild could see um, deep in the playoffs if if they were to get there. You know, Vegas is still going to be there, and I, I love this rivalry for my money. Right now, as it stands, I know Colorado is kind of traditional rival, but Vegas, to me, is the most fun to play. Um, it gets the fans fired up. There's a good portion of this fan base that just despises Vegas. At the same time, a good portion of the Wild fan base has always traveled well, and they have historically played well in that arena, T-Mobile arena that is down there in Vegas. And I think it's becoming easily the Wild's best rival. And they're not in the same division. Obviously, they were last year, but you know, with how many times they played each other last year in the seven-game playoff series, um, it's heightened things you can tell that there's a clear disdain for both these two Like They don't like playing each other, um, and and they produce some fun games. I mean, who would have thought, too, Judd, that the Wild would be able to go toe-to-toe like this with a Vegas team? I mean, I know the score says 6-4 because they got the empty netter, mm-hmm. but— Past Wild teams, as we've talked about a lot on these podcasts this season, those past Wild teams couldn't stand. A, if, if you if you had those same legs and those same players, the Stalls, the Koivus, the Breezes of the world, this would be six to one. You know, it wouldn't even be damn close. And the Wild actually had the horses to keep up with them. I'm just curious if they can, you know, actually close out a seven game series against them because I think if you played a game like this and you don't catch in your power plays, you're going to lose that playoff series again.
0: So um, walls on, on the telecast tonight towards the end on uh, Valley Sports North brought up a point that I thought was very valid. And it seems like Wes says this a lot, um, and, and he's 1,000% right. And in my opinion, it's not being a a BSN homer. It's actually a correct assessment, and it's this. I think Wes continues to say that, that this team has no quit because what he's not going to say is the previous teams did. I, if you put the old wild up against a team like this tonight, which A has incredible speed and B will kick your ass, the wild would have gone away. The wild would have been like, oh no, we got, uh uh-uh, uh, we're out of here. Last game of a four game trip, we're going home for what, three Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, right? They, they would have been like, you're, you're right, Dex. Six to one. Okay. We'll see you later. Bye. Um, but this team doesn't do that. And this team, that's what makes this team likable. That's what makes this team, they can lose games. And you don't feel like, well, that was a no-show. And the incredible thing is, they've now played, Declan, uh, 28 games. They have lost their last two. So on this trip, two and two. They have 39 points. That still leads the Western Conference. Um, that's pretty damn good. That's really good. And it speaks to also doing a very good job of creating some room there for when you don't play great, which we've talked about this. That's going to happen. Like you're going to have stretches where you don't play great. Um, I thought last night the Wild didn't play great. I thought tonight in the first period, leaky. Like it's not a complete meltdown. It's not like oh these guys stink now. <laughs> uh, but but you're going to have you're going to have stretches where where you're not right. as sharp as. as you, you might have been previously, and then you're going to rebound from that. Uh, but you still lead your conference in points. That's really impressive. And I think that there's a lot of things to point to still where e- even when there's concerns or things that you don't like, you don't feel like this franchise or this team is regressing. And that's how I always felt previously. Like, here we go. I might be totally wrong, but I don't get that feeling with this team?
1: No, I don't either. I mean, yeah, should they have probably beat the Kings last night? Yeah, they they probably should have. The Kings aren't as good as they we, we thought they were. They're, they're, they're just not a really good team. Vegas is one of the best in the league. But, yeah, I'm not concerned. Um, this is why you got off to such a great start. It gives you a little bit more cushion if you lose back-to-back games. Um, it's not going to be the end of the world. They have a three-game homestand that starts, by the way, against the Carolina team who got off super hot but has come kind of crashing down to earth a little bit over the last month. Um, that, but that'll still be a pretty damn good game. They have the Sabres on Thursday. Um, so you, you get right here. You ended a little road trip. Things should get right back at home. You know, this team, Judd, has also never lost three in a row under Dean Evason, which is a crazy statistic. I mean, I think it's 100 games now with Dean at the helm. Wow. And or close to it, at least, right? As head coach uh, with the interim and, and with the last two pandemic seasons. Yeah, probably. Uh, and they've never lost three in a row under Dean Evison, which is a pretty mind blowing statistic. So you can get back right. I'm not too worried about losing these back to back games. You know, we have weekend statements on Mackie and Judd tomorrow. Um, and I'm sure we'll have some things to say about this wild team overall after losing back-to-back games just going forward from here. Uh, But in general, this game doesn't shipwreck you, and it doesn't make me double-take that here we go, here's that swoon. You know, you and I were kind of half-joking – A few podcasts ago about where where is the swoon on the schedule here like there there really isn't a a a large period where you're like oh god they have a gauntlet here you know you can make the case vegas and carolina are maybe their toughest back-to-backs that they've had all season um just in terms of of back-to-back games on it traditionally uh but i am not worried i'm not worried at all um vegas is one of the better teams in the league and and the way the wild have played this season in general has been fine to me um i will i would say the only thing that was that would Cause have me cause for concern or at least oh boy, uh, is if Jonas Burdine's injury was indeed very serious and they were out with him long term. If they like if they were out with you, if, if Jonas Burdine was out for a long period of time, mm-hmm. that that is cause to have a little bit of caution and a little bit of pause. But in general, no, this team has been phenomenal. They've been great.
0: The Canes, um, who I believe are losing in Vancouver tonight, if I am not mistaken, have won four consecutive going into tonight, including games on the road against the Jets, the Flames, the. Oilers, they're playing the Canucks right now, and then they play the Wild to end their road trip on um Tuesday. So here's one thing that I love about this team too. Uh, now the Wild has had pests before. Ordinarily, the players hmm. who are pests too are pretty cheap themselves. Like they do some cheap stuff, and I'm not saying that this guy's a saint. He 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 ain't a choir boy. But if I heard Lapana right on the telecast tonight. Yule Eriksson-Eck leads the National Hockey League in drawing penalties. Tonight he got speared in the groin, which which is not a good thing. Um, but I absolutely, between watching him and Felino and Greenway, when Greenway's engaged, which, yep. to be clear, he has been of late. Good yep. for him. That line also, man, can they be fun. And let's see, tonight Eriksson-Eck had an assist, four shots on goal, three hits. Foligno tied his career high, 13 goals. Take that, Declan Goff. Yeah, Regression yeah, yeah. has not hit. A shot on goal, three <laughs> hits. So that's six hits between them. Jordan Greenway, let's see if I can find him tonight. He had he had no points, a shot on goal, and six hits. So that line, as a line, 12 hits. And an Erickson X ability. And I really don't see him doing cheap stuff. I don't know if he must talk a, a lot or what, because yeah. it's, not, it's not like he pulls lots of weird Tom Wilson stunts, right? But he does a marvelous job of agitating and playing a really hard, good, good game. But for that line, 12 hits in this game, again, give me that line with Greenway playing like he is right now in the mm-hmm. playoffs. I love I love that. I think that's absolutely fantastic.
1: Yeah, I mean, we wanted Joel Erickson to get an extended look as a top-line center, and, and to be honest, I still think there is room for him to be a, a top-six center. Uh, but it's clear that he's best suited for this pest checking line role. And I know Jackson on our YouTube page, by the way. Hit that subscribe button if you want daily Minnesota sports content. We'll be pumping him out here uh, for you on the Timberwolves Wild Vikings and not the Twins. Uh, but if you want Minnesota sports content, hit that hit that, subscribe and hit the like button. But X best served with Jordan Greenway and Marcus Felito on that line. That was their, their main line last year. It was their shutdown line. Um, yeah, NHL Network did a big feature on them on Friday night just with how great they have been at, at not allowing goals and, and just pestering other teams. And to your point about Eck, yeah, he's not, he's not a dink, right? Like, he, he's not Steve Ott. He's not Matt Cook. He's, right, not, he's not cheap. He's not cheap. I don't think he's cheap at all. And like, like Landis, like I love Landis Gog. I know a lot of wild fans absolutely loathe him. I love Landis Gog, but I can, Landis Gog does some cheap things. He definitely, he he definitely does. And he is more talented naturally than Joel Erickson. Eck. That is just, that's, that's a fact. Um, but Eck has this characteristic about him that people despise. I don't know what it is. Like you said, is it, is it talk? He must is it, it, is it code, you know? I know Sarah McClellan at the strib just had a great piece on enforcers and, and, and the entire cheap talk that, that goes into a hockey game, that was a great piece today. Uh but I, I think in general, Eck just does a great job at at pestering people, man. And and the Wild have lacked that kind of guy. Like they got Matt Cook at the tail end of it and when Cook had changed his game, Cook was no longer that player.
0: And he was and, and his stunts were so cheap at times. Like right. like Cause that that's going to get you penalties that you don't want, right? Like I don't I don't feel like Eck is taking penalties excessively. He he might be the most under the radar. I wonder what he's doing past.
1: Yeah, I would love it. That I've I, seen I would love a mic on him, you know. Like and I would love just to hear what the hell is being said about it. Um, and you know, and and last night, you know the wild got bugged by Lemieux's goal, you know, and then <laughs> Foligno taking even you know pulling the Randy Moss with him and squirting squirting the water bottle at him, which I love um yeah I, but,
0: if, I bet he's gonna get fined for that stunt and that, might, that was yeah. great that kid is that kid is a cheap
1: cheap cheap kid. oh yeah 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 he 100 his
0: old man have both been suspended for biting a <laughs> yeah who fights guys who
1: bites him and the little mute he yeah.
0: and yeah the entire yeah. family hope mom's
1: proud yeah god uh but in general i, I at, Eck is great for this team. Like, they, they, they need more of his type of demeanor. You know, I, Minnesotans get so, and this is not just like wild fans, Minnesotans get so offended by that kind of guy. You know, they, they despise AJ Pierzinski, they despise Landis But when you have a guy like this on your team who's also talented, to your point, Eck right. is not doing anything cheap, and he's also a, a damn good player. The wild need more of that mojo. And and I think with him and Felino and Greenway, they all kind of bring that out together. You know, Greenway can be like like you said, he can be passive, but lately when he turns it on, you notice it, and it seems like those three guys just energize each other. And and in general, I think it's best, sir, for Eck to be playing with those two.
0: Let's talk about the goal. Um it was Pat goal. I'm trying to find it here to make sure I've got the right one. It was at, I believe, yep, 1352 last goal of the second period and Dex it put the gold knights up four to three now now this was the goal that hartman got tied up with a gold knights player and then he got mad and then i think uh one one of the gold knights players tried to drop the gloves and that guy got uh a rough and i think a high stick and hartman got a roughing that was the the focus of the results of that goal but here's what i want to talk about and this guy look we all love him he's a fantastic player he's a fantastic talent but sometimes i think you i think you can step outside the box of what you should be doing especially given your teammates um against a team like this because this is a very fast skilled team the Korel Caprisov um, attempt on the between the legs behind the back pass in the in the Vegas zone, which resulted in the entire play yep. that sprung already loose. And Walls brought this up, and he's a thousand percent right. Vegas now knows, and this is going to be the thing. And I am not in any way saying that the Wild should should lay off the gas here, Dex. But it's very clear. Minnesota is going to have its defensemen join the play as much as possible, and they're going to pinch in a lot. Like like, so it's not like, oh boy, I should. And and Walls's point was against a team like this, the Golden Knights are so fast, you got to get back, and, yep. and you have to be prepared to. Now, in defense of the defensemen, what I will say is, when Kaprizov tries to make a pass, that one he can make, and two, if he had been the recipient potentially of that puck, he'd be great but you're playing with for the most part fast mortals not like it's not Kaprizov Kaprizov K- Kaprizov it, it's not like um Eichel is here so the point being is i think that that's a play that the wild will internally definitely look at and say that wasn't worth it because it directly resulted in the puck being um being turned to the gold knights and um the defenseman were caught and it took too long Uh, So, again, I'm not trying to say that Capricev's creativity should be stifled. What I am saying is sometimes, given the opponent and the teams that you are going to play and your own style, which is going to be an ultra-aggressive defensive core, which I think is a great idea, you got to be careful there.
1: Yep, yep. you can't be too cute if you're Kareel, And you also have to be, I think, a little bit self-aware who you're playing. If you're playing the Kings and you do that, that's fine. But if, if you're going to basically set up and and put your team in a position to be against on an on-man rush and this team naturally has their defenders activated more and more in the play so naturally they're going to be subjected to that more he has to understand the risk and reward with that no he had another great drop pass to fiala on a power play tonight same thing comes in drops it i mean how he even knows he's right there is even mind-blowing to me but he has to be kind of aware and in general he just he didn't really have a great game tonight um Nope. I thought he had he had a, a good amount of turnovers. People in our YouTube comment section are kind of saying the same thing. It wasn't his strongest game. Again, doesn't mean that uh, it, that his season is going to go back down into where it was at the beginning of the year when he was obviously gripping the stick a little bit more. He's going to be vulnerable to bad games here and there, but I do think he's got to understand that it, you, you have to be aware of who you're playing against when you're making the plays like that. Walls is right. Um Kirill is a, is the most talented player I think this franchise has ever had, and and the sample size is so small, but yet it, it's so accurate, it's true. Right. But he has to understand of if if you're going to be doing stuff like that against a Vegas team, you're going to you're going to get burned for it. You're going to get Car- burned.
0: Kirill tonight, um, six shots on goal. To your point about giveaways, he, he had two. A minus one Hartman and Zuccarello, Declan, minus three apiece. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that line was definitely uh, not at, at its best, which. In a game like this, you probably need that. But, uh, yeah, I just thought that that one pass in particular, because the upside of that pass was not that – it was not going to be that high. Um, He he was – I believe he was relatively high in in the zone. So, like, the best part of that pass was going to be – it would look cool. I don't think that it was going to have a big payoff. Um, I also want to talk about what we saw last night. Uh, the one huge positive that I thought came from the 2-1 loss to the Kings, Declan, I thought Koppel played really well. Yeah. I thought Koppel played confident. I thought Koppel played great. That, to me, is huge because it all goes back to deciding, is this a guy that, at least against good teams, you can trust? And he played a game last night, granted, in a loss, but still, he played a game that I thought you came away – Saying that's the type that's the type of game that if you're Billy and Dean, you want to see mm-hmm. because it gives you confidence that if this guy has to play, he can be effective. And again, in defense of Capo, it's sort of weird because you don't know, and and I guess more importantly than you, we don't know. He doesn't know wh- when he's going to play it. But, like, there's going to be long stretches where he do- does not play. And the question yeah. is, can you step in there and be effective? And the answer, at least in a game against a pretty good Kings team last night, was absolutely.
1: Yeah, I mean, they had to figure that out pretty quick because you can't be burning out Cam Talbot. I mean, Koppel's only played seven games thus far. I mean, he's won four of them. So you can't be, uh, you can't be too di- uh, displeased with your backup goalie still giving you a better 500 chance to win a game. Um, but I-, I-, I thought the same thing. Uh, I thought he had a very strong game, and backup goalies—that's um, something you can always find in the trade market, you know. And even I know Malcolm Subban isn't great, but like Malcolm Subban's been moved. Will the Blackhawks move Mark Andre Fleury? I'm guessing they will. You know, like goalies will get hot on this market um, when it, when we get closer to the trade deadline. But Capo has to give them a fighting chance. And in general, um, just kind of looking at what he's been able to do this year in terms of, of, of save percentage and whatnot. You know, on even strength save percentage here as I pull this up, um, excuse me, he, he actually has been a little troublesome on even strength save percentage, but he's actually done very good in high danger. So he's stopping pucks in high danger chances that are good for him, and he's a backup goalie that's young, and he rode the wave last year of being one of the best goalies in the NHL uh, but before kind of coming crashing down to earth in the last month of the season. But if, if he gives you a performance like he gave the team against the Kings— you can start him every third, fourth game. You can start Absolutely. him, and, and, and you are right. And this can play in the entire psyche. Uh, this is where I miss our, 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 friend LB sometimes you, you don't know when he's going to play. So like, how can you really, uh, without the basic 12 hour notice and it's a back, Hey, Kapo, you're going to play tonight. And they did, they did the right thing, getting him against the Kings and getting Talbot against that's exactly the Knights. Plan. That that's boom. I love that plan. That's the golf plan, right? That's, there. that's great. I love that. Um, but you bring up a good point. It, it, it kind of, from a preparedness standpoint, you don't, really know when he's gonna go next like he probably won't start tuesday could he start thursday against buffalo maybe i don't, I don't know i bet he does though because right
0: because yeah. if i'm correct about this they've got the hurricanes on tuesday talbot gets that game they got the sabers thursday Coppel gets that game and then on saturday afternoon i That's think right. it's a, at one love them too. love that Matinee saturday after. matinees are the best uh-huh. um if i'm not mistaken they have florida so Talbot gets that. Oh game. yeah, you're right. So I bet you he gets Buffalo, which which is fine. I just wanted to, I just want the feeling around him that he can be trusted. Yep. And and it's a, I'm sure it's an incredibly difficult assignment to start. Hey, you're going to start this game, and then you're not going to start for another week or something like that. That's got to be tough. Um, but I also think that if the Wilds going to be in a position, Declan, to make a trade at the deadline to potentially get help, I'd prefer that they don't have to address goalie because Bill's not going to give up a ton. Like, like he's not he's not going to say, you take a first-round pick for the goalie and you take a first-round pick for this guy and that guy. And if your one ship, your one thing is going to be that they're going to try an upgrade center, I'd much rather that they be all in with that as the focus, mm-hmm. as opposed to, well, we need to go get a backup goalie and we need to get a defenseman too, and we need to get this or that. Uh, because I, the one thing I don't think Garen is going to do is make so many potential deals that he actually hurts the team long-term. It's going to have to, to be moves that he sees as as smart for right now but that don't cripple the team in two
1: years. Right, and, and North Star, Nick, here uh, brings up a good point. How far is uh, Jesper Walstead from, from being juniors, with the I'll Wild? He's going to the World Juniors, which I'll is huge. You, I'll tell
0: you after the World Juniors. I'll, baby, I'll, I'll,
1: and I'll say this, tournament. you know, he was uh, 20th overall pick in the draft this summer. Um, you know, you don't see goalies going that high. Uh, I, I just, I will say this, it is nearly impossible to project goaltending like not success even like because that is even more difficult. Right. But when he's ready, it could be three or four years. Like this is a sl- like goaltenders are a slow bake man. Um, I, I-, I What's think his age mo- right now he's nineteen. He's nineteen years old. Don- Donnie Beauprey, right. nineteen eighty baby. I mean he he could jump in here and they- and they got they have depth they have depth at goalie which is which right. is great for the Wild you know Cam Talbot's under contract for one more season after this one. Um, but I I would. I would bet that you might not even see Jasper for probably 2 years. Like if he's here before then, it's probably out of necessity or that he was right. that damn good. Right.
0: Well, if if he's on the right track, uh my guess is that he won't be here until Talbot's gone. Right. Cuz the the idea would would be to have the transition be from Talbot to to Jasper mm-hmm. and and cuz I don't I don't get the sense that they think Capo's the guy, but that doesn't mean that Capo can't be A an guy. important guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think that the smart the smart move here, and what we're starting to see with Garrett especially, is that he feels no need to rush guys, which is great. That's fine. All right. Last thing, I mm-hmm. want you to I want you to apologize to my guy, Marcus Foligno. Thirteen <laughs> goals now, ties his career high. Um. Damn he's played well Darn he's been good You told me You said the analytics say That Marcus Foligno is going to regress That I shouldn't be concerned I said I don't know about that I'm just telling you I'd like a full apology To a guy who um Who, who is shoveling gold home Like he's Timmy Kerr Of the Philadelphia Flyers circa 1986
1: This is a crazy stat Over Marcus Foligno's 'Cause right now he leads the league again in shooting percentage. Marcus Flino has a twenty eight shooting percentage this year, which is crazy. So he has uh 30, he had came in and this is coming into tonight's game without well, even factoring his goal tonight. He had twelve goals on he has twelve goals on forty two shots, which is absurd. So in his last sixty six games, he has a shooting percentage of twenty eight percent. That is absurd. That that. And he, and, and it's a guy who doesn't shoot a lot. And it's a guy who's been a, it's mostly a, a, a fourth line, bottom six kind of dude, not a fourth line, excuse me, a bottom six kind of guy, a nice role player. He's great. Um, He's but this is, this is, this is, this is unsustainable that I'm still not going to get off this oh, date the stake here.
0: So here's the thing. So here, here's where, here's, here's the problem with the stats, because I totally get your point and your point makes sense. Here's the problem. Look at where he shoots from. And a lot of his shots aren't what we now consider to be traditional shots. He's shoveling pucks. That's a shot. But if I shovel pucks, yeah. um, I'm, I'm going to score goals. Yep. Be, because I'm shoveling. He's strong enough, and, and he's perfected this. And Dex, I'm telling you, this was the 80s and 90s in a nutshell. C. Uh, Cord Plet. where do those guys score from? The goal mouth. Now and, and this is where the where guys like uh, like him are genius. Felino has the ability because now Declan you can't move guys anymore. Mm-hmm. In back in the day when a Plet or a Cicerelli, who scored a ton of those goals, or a Kerr scored, I could still cross check them. Goalies would slash their legs. Like like there, there were I could make you pay and hurt badly for scoring goals now can't cross check guys can't slash guys. And, and so I think what the stats don't tell the story about are, is where is he scoring from? And, and I think we think, Oh man, he is like, um, Caprizov. He's ripping shots, right? Like he's not, he's not at all. Mm -hmm. He, he's parking himself in front and shoveling pucks home. Um, when the goaltender's down but that's a shot, right? and I think that's the problem. In, in fact, there's there's one thing that I thought of t- during the course of the game tonight as well, too, with Talbot. You know what I don't think is, is a quantifiable stat? The time of your saves. Cam Talbot has made how many enormous, like the Wilds down by one, and now it could be mm-hmm. two. And he stopped, he, he made at least two of those, if I'm not mistaken, tonight. And the timing was just spectacular. And right. they were tough, tough ass saves. But I don't think there's a quantifiable stat to go back and look and say when did he make his saves? Right. Cause, Cause... I bet you ta- I bet you Cam Talbot is near the top of the league in the timeliness of saves that that maintain a one goal a one goal deficit. Sure. Um but I don't think there's a way to have that discussion beyond just saying it seems to me like he makes lots of key saves uh, to to keep his team in games where if he doesn't make those saves they're automatically down by two goals.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. He he has come up huge in key situations um, and like tough I'm...
0: breakaway shots. To, you know,
1: right. Yeah, and I, I don't, I don't believe there's a site that really registers, you know, save percentage inside five minutes or right. whatnot. There might be, and then I'm, I'm just not, not finding it. But he, he's come up huge for them. Like Talbot, in general, over the last month, has played a lot better, and it's why. Like, is Talbot a Vesna candidate and a, and a top five goalie in this league? No, but do I think he can carry you and can you make a cup run with him? Yes. I legitimately do. I do think you can make a cup run with him, but he's going to have to steal your games. Like, and, and that's the thing that with goalies, you know, you, you have to have him. He's going to to steal a game or two in a series. Like, that's what right. that's that's what sets them apart. Um, and he has the ability to come up with with clutch saves. So I, I agree. He does seem to have a knack for coming up with big time saves late in games.
0: So there, there's two things off of that point. One is uh, in, in the opening game of this trip when they beat. Edmonton there. Go back and look at this. Edmonton shots were from consistently the majority. It felt like a lot of, especially on the power play, the outside. And so if you force guys out there now, you're probably going to put yourself in a pretty good position to win the game. Despite the fact that the shot counter is going to say that the opponent had a bunch of shots. That's the first thing. The second thing is the Wild is so proficient at scoring now that if Talbot makes the saves at the right time, you can come back and tie or win. And that's the because if we if we rolled this back 4 years, guess what? The Wild's not going to score goals. So Cam gives up the third or fourth goal. You're down by 3. Now, you're down by 1. And then if if he can just stop that next shot, which a lot of times it seems like he does, um, although it didn't happen tonight, you're going to have yourself a really good chance to potentially tie or win. And so I think that there is a, this all goes back to the unquantifiable. Like, I don't think we can put definite statistics on this, um, but when both ends are working like this team is, it gives you far better opportunities um when one, one one end is working okay and the second is not, you're in big trouble. And right. the old and the old team that couldn't score goals was in trouble.
1: Yep. Yeah, I, I think in general he's been he's looked a lot better. And if, if Capo can give him some more time here and not get him burnt out by the time you get to April or May in the playoffs, then you'll be fine. But in general, yeah, he's he's looked phenomenal for them.
0: Well, you know, if they if they do the right thing here and get out of the Olympic Games, Declan, Seriously. we won't, It will become a much. I think they're going to. I think I they're going they to. I think a lot of players now. It. This is the ball seems like it's, 100 percent in the players' court. Yep. And I think a lot of players now are, are like, and I guess the so, I saw a couple of the rules about if guys test positive while there. Yep. Um, you could end up in a hospital there for like a month.
1: Yeah, there, there's going to be more. Leave. There, there's going to be more coming details. Uh, I watched the Knights broadcast tonight, and Gary Lawless, who covers the team down there, was saying that the, they're going to come out with more details. Obviously, this week, and he's just it, he's getting the sense too that this is not going to be a thing.
0: And the league has said, and this is the this is the kicker: the league came out and said um, that there's a slush fund. I believe it's five million dollars. Um, the slush fund is to pay players if they get sick and can't play. But players' paychecks will not be paid. And once that's gone, and like if a couple guys, you know, if, if a few guys get sick, that's not a ton. I mean, it seems like a lot, but it's not a ton. Um, once that's gone, it's gone, and players will not be paid, period. The players right. now are, are saying that's that's BS, you have to pay us. The league's like, no. And so I think beyond between all of these things now and the timing is just terrible um i think what we're gonna get is they're they're gonna bow out of the games uh they'll probably still have like two weeks off right but it's not going to be as much time and i'm telling you the one thing that we're not discussing is the rest of the league while while the games are going on if they shut down is off they're on vacation right during a pandemic and I don't care. It's not my personal concern about guys' health. Here's my personal concern. My personal concern is if guys go, you know, to Mexico or something and get sick and can't play, that drags the game down. I agree. That's the problem. So anyway, I, I think that's going to be, um, I think in, in the next week or two, we're going to get some type. of of decision, and my guess is they don't go. So anyway, uh, take it away, Declan. Say thank you to the people. We appreciate you all certainly watching us.
1: Yeah, appreciate you guys. Yeah, we uh, are. This is Judd's Hockey Show. Judd's all good. I'm Declan Goff. Subscribe uh, to this YouTube channel if you want daily uh, Minnesota sports content on the Wolves, on the Wild, on the Vikings. Um, some other goofy things that we produce on Mackie and Judd statements. as well. We got, statements we got, we got weekend basketball. statements ben tomorrow, Johnson, baby. Ben, ben Johnson, Johnson, the Gophers looks legit. Um, uh, we are a Vikings Twitter award finalist for uh, the uh, uh, what was it most hated, pot most hated personality. Yeah, Phil
0: got dunked on. It was
1: a lot. Well, I got I, can, I got killed yeah, and you got this dunked. weekend. I, I this, was, this was I, I angriest, this was the angriest. This was the angriest. checked out. I've ever call seen Vikings and any Twitter people mad at me. Like the, I got should, roasted over the coals. Cover-
0: Brett Favre in 2010, if you want people mad, at you.
1: Oh, my God. You would have thought I – Yeah, it, it, don't I, like
0: me. They don't like me. It's okay. Oh no,
1: my – I've now joined the club, I guess. I'm now as no. hated as Judd Zolgad and Ruben Phil Macchiar. The,
0: but no, uh, no, Phil is the most hated right yeah,
1: now. Yeah, hit that subscribe button. If you want daily Minnesota sports content, hit the subscribe button on Purple Daily for our award-winning hating podcast, and uh, we'll, in turn, give you Minnesota Vikings content seven days a week on that Purple Daily podcast YouTube channel. Uh, Judd, we'll be back probably later this week, obviously, with another episode – Oh, we got games. Two. Um, we got Tuesday, games. Thursday, we're ready to roll, baby.
0: Saturday, we might do a post-matinee show before right. you go go to the bars on Saturday night. Hey,
1: I don't. I, I like that idea. Tuesday oh. night, though. Yeah. Tuesday night. I'm sure Tuesday
0: we'll night. Do a post-game Carolina Hurricane Declan's
1: brothers team against the Wild. All right, bud. We'll be talking to you. Thank you. Did you know
0: that 61 percent of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's Dog DNA Test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.